Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third. I'm always traveling for work, but I also love to be active, playing soccer every chance I get. Finding the balance between being comfy, looking cute, and also being dressed to be active has never been easier with Viore. Viore is so versatile. It can be used for any activity, running, yoga, swimming, but it's also great for lounging or traveling. My favorite product is the pants that I actually never take off, the Women's Performance Jogger. They're designed with the softest premium dream knit stretch fabric. Viore helps me feel good about the things I buy and how they are made because Viore is 100% offsetting their carbon footprint, utilizing better sustainable materials for their products to empower your best active life. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash soccer. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash soccer. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Nice to have you with us. I'm Poppy Miller alongside Nico Cantor, Christine Cooper, and Alexis Guerreros. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. That was, was yesterday. Well, from yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get to it. How was Alexis? Huh? Yesterday, was it nice? It was cool. We did a little Friendsgiving, which is switching it up. So this weekend, I'm going to visit my mother. But uh, yesterday, we did a little Friendsgiving, hung out with a bunch of comics, made a bunch of lewd jokes. It was amazing. Let's look at what we've got to look forward to this weekend because a couple of uh, top matches included in the Premier League when Manchester City and Liverpool will go head-to-head. They're only separated by one point in the table. And it feels a bit difficult to overlook anything else in this game other than the kickoff time because that's all we've heard Jurgen Klopp talk about is the 12.30 kickoff, which is a bit of a surprising time for such a huge match. Uh, and it's a bit interesting considering Liverpool's form in the early kickoff, Nico, as you found out earlier. Yeah, all of last season, and they didn't win a single early kickoff, which is crazy to think. It's it's at 12.30, it's a lunchtime kickoff in England, um, and Klopp doesn't like it at all, especially on the other end of an international break, which he has a lot of this season, a lot of those early kickoffs right after an international break. He says that at 12.30, the players got to be eating. It's, it's, a, it's a different mindset, but that's how... The Premier League is, is City A probably even has City A has a very six, early, what is it six a.m. Yeah. here six a.m. which would mean it's, it's okay so it's the same thing twelve thirty yeah, in it's an early kickoff in, in Italy so I don't know those are the rules of the game but they have <laughs> but Liverpool has had over a longer period of time more early kickoffs than any other team. And don't we know about it from uh, Jurgen Klopp, but the good news for Liverpool is that they've had an amazing international break, Christine. A lot of the players have been on fantastic form. Obviously, some of them have arrived back a bit later than probably what Jurgen Klopp would have hoped for, but City, on the other hand, is Erling Haaland fit and available? It's going to be a really good matchup with the players that they've got I feel like everybody right now is all eyes on Haaland, right? Like, are we going to have him? Is he going to be at our disposal? I mean, he is essentially a cheat code 
So without him, I'm sure that City will be just fine. But with him, they're so dominant, it's mm -hmm. ridiculous. I bet you Norway's national team is like, yeah, is he going to be fit? <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> the ankle hurt at all, huh? <laughs> you know, I actually, part of me actually likes the way City plays a little bit better when Julian Alvarez is leading the line. I think they're a little less predictable, but there's nothing, nothing would tell me ever to not start Erling Holland if he's fit, even at 90%. If he wants to give it a go for at least 60, 75 minutes, you got to have a guy like that in, obviously. I'm more interested in how Liverpool's going to play with uh, Luis Suarez, uh, Luis Suarez, sorry, Lu uh, Luis, uh, Diaz. Luis Diaz, thank you, uh, and Darwin Nunez coming back in what I would consider peak confidence after the way they've played for their national yep. teams. This would be the perfect time to see the Liverpool that, that lost to Toulouse. I feel like that's not the Liverpool that's going to show up to this game. I don't know if they'll win because Manchester City is Manchester City after all, but I have a feeling that their, their front line is going to be at peak confidence. I add most a lot to the international goal scorers. Got a hat-trick for Egypt. And if Darwin Nunez can somehow replicate what uh, he did with Uruguay in the international break because we see him get chances um, for Liverpool. He'll botch some pretty glaring opportunities, but he does have he does have a goal scoring prowess. He did it with Benfica. He's doing it with Uruguay. Mm -hmm. For the most part, he does it with Liverpool, just that you expect him to be even more clinical than he is. So questions around uh, Erling Haaland, Julian Alvarez, of course, I, I think is almost one of the underrated stars of, of Manchester City. Pair him with like Jeremy Doku, who's had like a oh, nice couple of, of last games. He's like electric. I really mm -hmm. like Jeremy Doku for a reason. Uh, we're going to talk more about that game later on in the show with our Jeff Shreves, but another big match coming up is the one from Italy. Christine, uh, another two teams that are separated by one point, Inter and Juventus. Going ahead, Ted, do you find it easy to pick a winner in this game, considering the contrasting styles and what we're expecting to see from both of these teams? No, because as you pointed out, it is very, very different tactics. Uh, Inter are very much built for Champions League right now. They have extraordinary depth. Uh, Juve right now obviously are sorting through uh, a mess of injuries. We have some potentials returning for the Derby d'Italia. We have a number of, of just changes. We have some people coming back from international duty extremely well rested because they got merry minutes uh, playing for club and country. Um, I don't know. I, I think that Inter have also, they're playing away, right? They're on a six-match streak for win. Juve also five-match win streak. I, they last won at Allianz in 2011-2012, I believe, on the road against Juve. So wow. there's a few different things stacked in individual favor that are just sort of interesting little nuggets between this matchup. But obviously, fiery derby. Uh, if you don't understand that, um, I, I behest you to attend one. But um, I think I'm obviously going to be leaning more toward Juve, but I think that no, they have a you lot don't more. Say. They have a lot more to <laughs> dig out. I mean. Let's put it this way. If they manage to tactically manage this and Max Allegri pulls this off, he really is just a master. But can they stop Lataro and Taram, who have been on incredible form right. so far this you season? You have, like, top goal scorer for the league, Lataro, and then best assist, I think, Taram's on his eighth assist so far this season. So, And even without them, I suppose, Alexis, when you look at this Inter team, they are just the most complete team in Italy by far in every line. I mean, the first thing I think about is their defensive prowess. Bastoni is probably not going to play. Yeah, he's out, uh, which I think is a huge loss. I love Bastoni, but uh, they're just so tough to break down. And if they get one chance to break, 
they're gone. And Lautaro Martinez, I said a couple of months ago, he's just not that consistent. And then he's proven me completely wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah, every that's, time. that's a wrong bet, Alexis. <laughs> like, real wrong yeah, bet. Like, I, I he's had his dry spells, for sure. Usually it's in that shirt. When he's, <laughs> <laughs> when he's Post, firing, From he's World Cup it. onwards, he's been in the shirt. I, I don't think, I've, I think I said this on the show already. I don't think you're necessarily incorrect. He's streaky. He is streaky. When he's, he's on, been more he's on the fire. Well, the streak is lasting so long. I don't think, so I don't wouldn't call him streaky. I'd say he's had some dry spells, and they've been very situational. Like, if he doesn't have a pairing, especially playing for Inter, to work off of, like, Taram is giving him absolutely no, delivery consistently. And he had that in, in the past, but spaced out, right? Like, especially Lukaku era, it was a little bit more spotty, I'd call it, but he definitely consistently performed. Ever since he's unfollowed Lukaku, he's been on I'm not saying <laughs> yeah. that's why. That's fair. I'm just saying I that think, it might be a correlation. Or is it since Lukaku read, left him on red? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> that's the reality of the situation, yeah. wasn't it? All right, so that top matchup coming from Italy. Let's just show you what's coming up in MLS this weekend uh, very quickly because the playoffs return. It's been a two-week hiatus for the MLS sides, uh, but they've got the conference semi-final since in Philadelphia, Orlando taking on Columbus, Sporting KC on the road to take on Houston, and then LAFC will travel to take on Seattle on Sunday. We're going to talk more about Major League Soccer later on in the show. But just a reminder, Paramount Plus has got a Black Friday offer for you starting at just under $2 a month. For three months, you can watch everything that Paramount Plus has to offer, including the Champions League, which is back this week. Robert Lewandowski taking on the oldest goal scorer ever in the Champions League, Pepe and Porto. And Jude Bellingham will he be fit? Will he feature for Real Madrid? They welcome Cavara and Napoli to the Maradona on Wednesday. Scan that QR code for your offer. Stay with us though. Lisa Carlin has got the day's headlines next here on Morning Footy. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Well, Serginho Des lost his call in the U.S.'s loss against Trinidad and Tobago on Monday. Des received a second yellow card after punting the ball in frustration off the field in the first half after he thought he kept the ball in play. His teammates then uh, were quick to figure out his actions, including Tim Ream and Matt Turner, who went over to him as he was getting sent off for dissent. His teammates then called him out on social media and in post-game interviews. But recently, he spoke about the U.S. men's national team and the U.S. in general in a video released by PSV on their social media. Take a look. Yeah, I played in the youth of America. I don't know if I was in the Netherlands or not. I'm not good enough. But then I gave the chance to America the chance. I played there. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't see the need to switch again. Is that just coincidence that he's talking about the US men's national team at this time, or is that a uh, bit of an olive branch, Alexis? Back I think to the PSV group, is trying think? to get the engagement up on their social media. I think yeah. that's what happened. Yeah, it uh, seems deliberate just by the timing of it. I don't think this interview is fresh from, from now, now, from the last couple of days. You wouldn't be asking about the switch at this point. That's but, kind of but why, why now? Why is that such a random video to post? Even just it? the soundbite to take that where he's just saying, you know, I was never selected by the Dutch. I w they didn't think I was good enough. Is a very weird thing to drop. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Just it's not doing anybody any favors in that instance. You think it was pre-scheduled by like PSG or something like that and they didn't take it down? I think that to me it leans that way because maybe it was just like a player capsule. Like, you know how they tend to where it's like, right. oh, we're going to focus on you at this juncture. Yeah, and, and then it just happens to be an ill series of events at that time. Surely you'd look at the timing, though. I mean, that was the big, one of the biggest stories, wasn't it, from international break, yes. especially yes. for the U.S. men's national team. Mm. It's like, how do you come back from that just, when you just completely lose your composure? We know the what the Internet is like as a whole, and I just don't see why you would agree if I were Dest at this point to even have that kind of dialogue around yourself that just invites more criticism where you're saying, but, like, you know, I wasn't good enough for them, so they weren't calling me. Just the phrasing of it is a little off to me. But did it do any... It wasn't hurtful to his No, image. but I feel it like... Was, it was just strange timing is all... I feel like it maximize. opens the door to what is already unfurling, right? There's plenty of desk criticism right now going around, and I feel like having something there that's very much dedicated solely to that. I mean, that he did talk really well about the U.S. saying that they've, they've helped me immensely, but then at the same time, is it a bit of a dig saying, oh, I wasn't good enough for this team, but I was good enough to play for us? Yeah, America. I feel like there's a little bit of a tone. And that's always there. the issue with dual nationals. Until someone who's good enough or even... So that good to be able to walk into another national team, especially European one, still decides on America. It's always going to be that they weren't good enough for that, so they chose but America. I, I, I think he did have an opportunity to play for the Netherlands because Coleman really wanted him. And he yeah. ended up getting him. When Coleman gets fired from the Netherlands job and ends up going to Barcelona, it's his bidding that gets Serginho Des from Ajax to, to Barcelona. I don't think he would have lasted. I do agree that he probably wasn't good enough to, to stay and retain exactly a spot that. at I think, the Netherlands. I think intrinsic to his statement, it's actually that he anticipated he wouldn't be getting the minutes that he's getting mm -hmm. with the U.S. side. He's an undisputed, undisputed starter for the U.S. for yeah. 
the next, well, obviously not for Asians. <laughs> not in the but, next but game because he's If we suspended. see it in yeah. the grand scheme of things, he has all the potential to be <laughs> Just a bit locked of a down right video, back. Yeah, yeah for it? a while. Unless uh, he's suspended, he's a starter. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, Lisa, good morning, has some headlines for us. Lisa, can I just say as well, I'm loving the shirt that you've gotten today for all the Arsenal fans. Yeah. Thank you, Poppy. May I say, I hate it. I know, okay, I, I know. I thought this was a place of love. Yeah. Do tomato, I have to get HR tomato, involved? The, the taunting? No. Well, the international break is over, so we have a lot of headlines because that means the club season is back in full swing this weekend, and there's one player who will be back in action. It's Aaron Ramsdale. The English goalkeeper is slated to start in goal for Arsenal's match against Brentford Saturday. First choice Arsenal goalkeeper David Raya is un. Uh, unable to play against Brentford due to him technically being on loan from Arsenal to Brentford. In Spain, Jude Bellingham resumed training with Real Madrid this morning and is expected to be available for their match against Cadiz on Sunday. He has been sidelined since suffering a separated shoulder in Real Madrid's win against Raya Vallecano on November 5th. Real Madrid is dealing with a number of injuries, including winger Vinny Jr.'s torn hamstring and midfielder Eduardo Camavinga's torn knee ligament. Midfielder Federico Valverde is healthy, but returning from playing two full matches for Uruguay, making him questionable for Sunday. In France, PSG will have to make do without their captain, Brazilian defender Marquinhos, who suffered a hamstring injury in Brazil's World Cup qualifying loss to Argentina. Marquinhos will miss today's League 1 clash with Fulham Balagoon and Monaco, and also PSG's upcoming Champions League match against Newcastle on Tuesday. PSG expects Marquinhos to be sidelined for 10 days. In other injury news, Nottingham Forest will be without their leading goal scorer, Aukinho, for months after the forward suffered a groin injury while on international duty with Nigeria. The 26-year-old has already undergone surgery on his injury. Aukinho has scored four goals this season after scoring 10 just a year ago to help Forest avoid relegation. In international news, the Euro 2024 playoff draw was announced. Path A features Wales taking on Finland and Poland meeting Estonia, with the winners facing off for a Euro 2024 spot. In Path B, it's Bosnia and Herzegovina meeting Ukraine, with the winner taking on the winner of Israel and Iceland. Path C features Georgia against Luxembourg, with the winner meeting the winner of Greece and Kazakhstan. The playoff semifinals will be March 21st, and the three playoff finals will take place on March 26th. Nico, after this draw happened, once you look at the different pots, who is your dark horse to advance? Dark horse to advance? I don't think in I don't think in these playoffs you necessarily have a dark horse. Uh, like I don't want to call Poland a dark horse. You have uh, Robert Lewandowski, but they they haven't and, been and, we, and. they haven't been great. Um, but I do want to out myself as a Greece stan. I've kind of alluded to it uh, as of the last couple of weeks because, as you know, our former Golasso show. Uh, analyst Gus Poye is uh, the commentator. Is the commentator is the manager of, of Greece. They were the only ones that were able to take off points off of uh, France in Euro qualifying. So um, hopefully for them, it's crazy how low their coefficient dropped. That they're in path C. Like they should make the Euros. The the rest of their path isn't as strong as mm. as Greece would. So. Um, 
It's also just interesting yeah. with the with the paths because it's the route that no team wants to take. And we've seen some massive teams in there in the past. It was Portugal that had to go through it. Sweden had to go through it for the last Euro. So if, when you look at that, I mean, Alexis, it's not even a guarantee that some of those top teams in that are going to even make it to the Euro. No, and it's funny how it's funny how important this sort of non-World Cup competition is to Europe and how significant it is for some of the major teams. Think of the pressure that America doesn't have when it comes to a Gold Cup or Mexico right. doesn't really have to a Gold Cup that England, per se, will have to perform, especially having lost in the, in the last final. Or Did it, we? I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah, it was in penalties. I don't know if you know. Even Italy themselves, for example. Who just made it. Who barely, just barely made it. And honestly, this continues a trend of of just embarrassing international results other than winning that one Euro for Italy for a long time. This seems like the slide continues. If that process is hard to get into the Euros and you don't show well, it just can, I don't know when there will be that revolt against the Italian national team and the way it's structured and there'll be resignations, uh, resignations, I should say. I don't know when that will happen because it seems like everyone's kind of like a little bit lax when it comes to this national team. They need to start combing through the youth is the problem is they hang on to players, which is common, I think, in a lot of programs for national teams whereby they rely on their older players. Do you think that'll get better now Spalletti's in charge? I think that Spalletti is, is proven, right? We know he's talented, but I think it'll take time. You can't just expect, we kind of sat on our hands with Mancini for a long time for Italy, probably longer than they should have. They should have probably considered switching things up sooner. Um, obviously, they were on a downturn post-Euros, but I think that that, you know, it just got a little bit stale. Mm-hmm. Um, can I just throw out one more dark Go horse on. that I think deserves makes France. the Euro? No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 real dark horse. Never heard <laughs> France, when did they become a country? <laughs> Ukraine. Ukraine yes. had a hell of a qualifier yeah, and they have a hell of a team. Uh, it's Zinchenko's invaluable to that team, but it's not just him. They have role players and important players everywhere else on the pitch. Mikolenko's in the center back. Mikolenko's incredible. Yeah. Dovbik up top is a unit um, paired with Sigankov and Sudakov in the midfield. They have a good quality squad that deserves to make their Euro, and hopefully for them, in the path beats like Bosnia stands in their chance to make the, the next round. And yeah. Can I throw out another dark horse that have already qualified? Scotland. How good have Scotland incredible. been? Incredible. I want Absolutely to see them make incredible. a deep run. In yeah, Euro Steve Clark got them playing. Yeah. Love it. Come on. I'm here for some celebration kilts. McTominay? Yeah, me too. Let's go, go on, Scotland. Okay, stay with us. Coming up after the break here on Morning Footy, uh, Jeff Shreves is going to join us to look ahead to the biggest matches this weekend in the Premier League, including the top two, City and Liverpool. We'll be right back. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. 
Toyota. Let's go places. Hey, welcome back to Morning Footy. We're coming up tomorrow from the Etihad at 7.30 Eastern on Peacock. It's a clash of the top two. Liverpool against Manchester City. Liverpool have only won one of their last 14 matches away to take on Manchester City. It was back in 2015, Jurgen Klopp's first visit actually to the Etihad with the club. Both teams are unbeaten in their last four matches, coming in on some really good form. In terms of the table, as you can see as well, points are just an absolute premium in this game. They're only separated by one point returning from the international break. And for more on this, let's welcome in our friend Jeff Shreves to join us. Jeff, good morning. Nice to see you. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Poppy. To be honest with you, I'm glad the Premier League's back. I like international football. I was interested in your discussion there about dark horses for the Euros, but let's be honest, hasn't got the excitement, the passion, the action of the Premier League, has it? And this, without a shadow of doubt, is an absolutely belting fixture tomorrow at lunchtime. The top two, these have been the top two teams really for the last four or five years, haven't they? So this is really is a, a mouth-watering clash, this. It really is. And especially if Erling Haaland is fit and available and Liverpool's players coming back from the international break on the form that they're on. It's interesting, we were just talking about the kickoff time earlier on because of everything that Jurgen Klopp has made of it. What's the reaction to the kickoff time in England, though, Jeff? Is it even a big deal? Is it a talking point or is it just Jurgen Klopp in his press conferences? <laughs> I, think, I think you're spot on there, Poppy. Let's wait and see what he says about this time. But to be honest with you, I mean, I, I've had that row with him uh, in a touchline interview. And ultimately, the clubs agree to play at that time. It's a slot that they are, the TV companies are entitled to pick. I understand his viewpoint as well, because the players have come back. It's the same as he doesn't like that fixture after Champions League in midweek either. I don't think it will detract on the quality of what we see. And to your point as well, Haaland... The word coming out of Manchester is that he is indeed fit. He was pictured in training, so I would expect him to start the game as well. Jeff, two questions. One, do you play the piano? <laughs> Occasionally. Oh, oh, you should give us the news uh, while you're playing the piano next time. That's, oh, the that's... sultry sounds of Jeff Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really fun. Trust, trust me, that's not something you would want. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the other question is about the South American players because there's obviously an important contingent of South American players in this match. Julian Alvarez, Alexis McAllister, Darwin Nunez, Luis Diaz that have very recently made the trip over across the pond. Um, what are the odds that they get significant playing time? Do you think that the managers are going to rotate them and maybe use them off the bench? Or can we possibly see most of them starting, for example? Well, the beauty of this picture that is that both squads have such extensive rosters, if you like. They've got so much talent at that disposal. So it will be a big question for both Klopp and Pep in terms of what the starting eleven is. I think what's not in doubt is the style of both coaches. I don't think they know any other way other than going right at the start in terms of going straight for it. They, they are both very, very forward-thinking coaches. And I think Jurgen Klopp has himself has said, you know, we, we don't really know any other way other than putting the pedal to the floor. Interesting, you, you talk about that group of players as well. And I would say leading into this particular game, a lot of focus on Darwin Nunes. He's really found himself after a kind of full start, if you like, to his Premier League, you know, when he got sent off um, against Crystal Palace. He's really come, really come into his own, I would say, at this stage. A lot of people wrote him off because he's missing simple chances. But it's not just the goals he's scoring, Nico, that's attracting attention. 
it's his assists, in particular, his assists to Mo Salah. Uh, now, he's not the only one. Jota is also on the same wavelength, and Trent Alexander-Arnold too. But Nunes's overall game is more than just his actual goals. His energy and what he brings into the team, particularly bringing Salah into goal-scoring positions, really has been underlined in recent matches. Jeff, I want you to do me a favor. You spent enough time uh, in England, having been born and raised there, uh, and working in the media, that I want you to predict what the headlines will be after this match uh, with Trent Alexander-Arnold in particular, who I think is absolutely incredible going forward, but there's still conversations about his ability to defend. Uh, Whether it's Jeremy Doku or Jack Grealish or Erling Haaland or Julian Alvarez, obviously City will probably pick on that side of the back line. What do you think overall? How do you think this will be handled? Do you think Trent Alexander-Arnold will be just fine or will he be the topic of the jeering yet again? Well, to your first part of that question, I think um, my ability to predict the headlines before the game is about as shake as my piano playing, so <laughs> I wouldn't rely on that <laughs> in, in any shape or form whatsoever. And again, I think that's what's fantastic about the Premier League. I know I sound like a, a flag bearer, but it's genuinely true. We just don't know what is going to happen in this fixture. It would be a huge win. A huge win for Liverpool if they could pick up all three points there. You know, we've already got a great title race. You talked about it earlier. You could throw a handkerchief over the top five right now. So back to your questions about where the headlines will come from. And I think you mentioned two, a couple of things there that are really interesting. Will it be Doku? Will it be Grealish? Very, very different styles. At the moment, Doku has been featuring far more than Grealish. The thing with Pep, you never, ever can predict exactly what he's going to do. And also Trent Alexander-Arnold, because he played in midfield for England for both games, will he revert back to his full-back role? Now, that is a really difficult thing to do because playing in centre midfield is one thing for your country. Then going back there and playing there for your club, which he doesn't really tend to do that much, will Jurgen Klopp say, OK, you go back to your full-back position and he's got to cope with international class players like Doku or Grealish coming flying at him. So he's got a big, big job on his hands, whoever he's up against and wherever he plays. Jeff, we touched a bit on club and country now. I just wanted to get your thoughts on the recent decision by the Prem to not ban the loaning between club and country more recently. What do you think that uh, will you know, sort of help and hinder, in your opinion? Well, it was tight, wasn't it, Christine, in the actual vote? Because you need 14 votes to get it through. They had 12 votes, but not the 14 necessary. So you can see why there, there is opposition to it. And I kind of, to be honest with you, when you look at the Premier League and the way they vote, for very understandable reasons, although it's a collective, it is about self-interest. What is right for your club? And that's how the decisions are made. It is democratic. But also, it, it doesn't seem right to me that a player who is at another club, which is part of an existing club, we're talking about Neves here, of course, with Newcastle United, we're not, they could have loaned him. Now, the other clubs, that's just not right, because that, that is, you know, they also, a lot of those clubs don't have other clubs. They don't have other entities either. So it's certainly not going to happen this window. We know that now. Will it go away forever? I'm not entirely convinced. Not at all. 
Yeah, it's going to be really interesting, isn't it, Jeff, to see what happens uh, with that other big news from this international break in the Premier League is everything that's happened with Everton and their 10-point deduction. They'll play for the first time since that deduction and since being dropped to the bottom of the table this weekend against Manchester United. What are you hearing about Everton and the appeal process? And also, are you expecting anything from their fans in terms of protest against that game? Yeah, absolutely, Poppy. Um, I mean... First and foremost, you've got to remember that Everton are in decent form right now. They've taken seven points from the last nine. So I think it, had they been going in the wrong direction, it would, this would have troubled them even more. The, the obvious narrative is that this will be even more of a siege mentality. I mean, Goodison, when it's rocking, is an absolute bare pit of a place. And I expect on Sunday the volume will have be off the charts. Yes, they are planning protests. I think they're going to make their feelings known loud and clear to the extent that the host broadcaster apparently has said that they may well mute some of the crowd if the language is, shall wow. we say, a little bit choice. <laughs> um, so, but listen, it, I think it will be vociferous. I think it will be uh, right on the front foot from the fans. And I think the team will respond accordingly. This will be a really tricky game for Manchester United, regardless of what potential injuries they have as well. So, They've got a whole host of players potentially missing right now. So this is a, an equally compelling match as the day before. It's as compelling as City against Liverpool, without a shadow of a doubt, because there's so many subplots to it. Let's move on to another matchup. Jeff, in Newcastle-Chelsea. Newcastle is like a hospital at the moment. They have so many players injured. I mean, Isak, Almiron... Longstaff, Sven Botman, you can, you can keep on naming players that are either injured or doubtful. They have Champions League coming up in less than a week's time. Can they afford to rotate? Are they that deep enough where they can rotate a little bit and have their stronger squad for, for Wednesday? I, I don't think they can afford to rotate. And after the disappointments of the Champions League as well, I, I, to, to be honest with you, I think sometimes, Nico, we, we look too deeply into these things. He wants to put out his strongest possible team. I've got to say as well, I was slightly surprised, one or two media outlets starting to talk about Eddie Howe, whether or not he is the right man, whether or not the owners will have the patience. They want him to deliver immediately, which, which seems absolutely crazy to me, very much the job he's done so far. He's a very, uh, it, again, he's, got, he's not called Steady Eddie for no reason. He's a very calm <laughs> presence, Eddie Howe. So with all the hype surrounding the club and the new owners and the huge amounts of money they're now able to spend, in many ways, he's the perfect foil for all of that hype. Um, I think with every game, Eddie Howe's just pragmatic. I don't think he'll hold back players for the Champions League, but he might be thinking, OK, bear in mind, Champions League campaign hasn't gone exactly as we would have liked. So do I have to start hedging my bets towards the Premier League? Yes, I could understand him contemplating that, but... As you said yourself, he simply doesn't have the luxury, simply doesn't have the numbers to do that. Jeff, you seem, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. You seem like you're a pretty stoic guy, so I kind of have a feeling I know what your answer is going to be. But uh, we were talking just before no. this about, <laughs> we were talking about uh, the Euros just before this. How are you, are you a confident going into the Euros England fan? Are you a, you know, a superstitious England fan? How are you feeling about England in these Euros? I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, shall we say. I think we've got an unbelievable set of players right now. I think there's some generational talent there. I think we've got an excellent manager. And I think that the experience that we've gained from previous tournaments under Gareth Southgate will stand us in good stead. 
You know, we've got to a final. We came so, so close. I don't think there's any reason to believe that we can't go all the way in Germany and take the ultimate step. I see no reason not to believe that. Will they do that? And do I believe they will do that? That's a different question. I completely agree, Jeff. And <laughs> yeah, I do think is, they can go all the way and it is coming home. This is How part of the that? culture, right? The, the, the clockwork. England believes they can win. England loses. But that's England the thing we always manager, say is that? coming home regardless. <laughs> Listen, just even if we had singing an and it's over. Time, yeah. okay? like, start the song now, guys. <laughs> we'll never not sing it. That's the problem. Even if we were rubbish, we would yeah. still sing the song. Wouldn't we, Jeff? Isn't that right? <laughs> exactly. Poppy, I'm relying on you to bat this nonsense back down over that end and stand that. <laughs> Stand out corner. You wave the three lions for us. I'm you trying wave my best. Can you come to studio anytime <laughs> soon? We've got a seat for you right in the middle. Come and support me. I would love to. I would love to. Jeff, you'll love it. I'm we doing season a our food here. You'll love it. <laughs> Coming from Alexis, who had shepherd's pie for Thanksgiving, Jeff. How about that? Uh, good to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy the matches this weekend. Bye, folks. <laughs> Bye, Jeff. All right, stay with us. Uh, coming up after the break, we're also going to talk about another top clash, as we mentioned earlier, earlier the Derby d'Italia. We'll be right back. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, welcome back to Morning Footy. Just a reminder, Paramount Plus has a Black Friday offer for you starting at just under $2 a month for three months. You can watch everything that Paramount Plus has to offer, including the Champions League, which is back this week for Match Day 5 and some great matches coming up. Here's a look at what we've got to come in Serie A this weekend, though. The weekend starts with Lazio on the road to take on Salernitana. Walter Matarazzi will lead Napoli for the first time since his return to the club when the reigning champions head to Bergamo to take on Atalanta. And Milan will look to bounce back after their 2-2 draw against Lecce before the international break as they take on Fiorentina. Then on Sunday, five matches to look forward to, including the big one, the marquee matchup of the weekend, the Deb Italia, Juventus hosting Inter. Uh, we spoke briefly about them earlier on in the show, about how Inter look like the best team in Serie A right now. They're the most dynamic, the most attacking. They've won in so many different ways this season. But from Juventus's perspective, Christine, it feels like they have the ultimate game plan, don't they? To sit back, to contain, to frustrate teams. Do you think that's exactly what we're going to see it's this weekend? It's what they do well. And yes, I do. I do think that's what we're, uh, we've got ahead of us, especially with the – we still have a number of injuries, including Weah, who adds a lot of pace to that right wing. So barring that, yes, it's going to be a, a largely defensive match. I, I think – Allegri certainly has a game plan, and it'll be one that he's recycled over and over again. It's going to be probably their best bet, quite frankly. Inter are just too deep, and they really don't have any true weaknesses in this side at this point. It's just very hard to pick them apart. You're going to have a heavily attacking Lautaro Turam 
partnering and they will not let up. So despite you thinking that Juve is going to be a little bit more defensive. Do you think this season, though, they've shown different facets to their game that has them so close to the very summit of the table? Yes. Make no mistake, they have more than the capability and talent to put on an attacking display. It's just what Allegri historically has favored. Quite frankly, when they brought in Wea and they started sort of testing out Wea beside McKenney, that's some of my favorite play. Even throwing McKenney back as sort of a wing back, um, I'm, I'm all aboard for that. We know that McKenney has the the utility to be able to do all of those jobs. I think that they needed to figure out sort of a better game plan in terms of that midfield. Rabiot coming off a really successful stint with France. Um, I think we're seeing a lot of the youth step up, but with that we have like McKenney back training with the squad. We have uh, Miretti back training full with the squad. Also Alexandro starting to train with the squad. Locatelli is still a big question with that cracked rib. They did try out a vest on him just to see if it's possible because he is so important to that. But barring him, they have Miretti to fall back on. I do think that the the projected 11 is probably what we're going to be dealing with. I do think that we'll see um, maybe Cambiasso and McKenney switched up a little bit. We'll see. Um, but I think that their defensive line is is really what's been holding this side together. Bremer also was on international duty for Brazil, played exactly zero minutes, so he's got fresh legs. Mm -hmm. I suppose the frustrating thing for this Juventus team is, yes, we have seen them play attacking more attacking football in moments this season, but it still feels like Chiesa is the only one that can really get this team going and then be the catalyst in the attack for them. And it's crazy because Chiesa has played a different position with Juve this season than he usually has. He moved them more centrally as opposed to on the wing where, for example, he bossed it against Ukraine just yes. a couple days ago. Yeah. Um, he is so essential to that Italian team. They are completely different he's, without yeah, him. They, up top and to the Juventus team. They're really nine. toothless, the Azzurri, yeah. without Kisa. But they need him as a nine because they don't have nines, but, but he won't play that. Funny, funny enough, I, I thought the best association between two players on the Italian team was Di Marco and... And Chiesa. Oh yeah, it was yeah. it was well, very sharp. But now is they like one they of the best defenders, I would other. argue, in general, but certainly in Serie A. Um, so for them to link up, it's just it's remarkable. Demarco is just a very smart player across the board. Um, really knows how to kind of string things together. And Chiesa is that kind of player. He has a certain tenacity, and you can see it. He switches on when he's playing. Yeah. Where you can see it in his eyes. Where it's like you know, it's like a shark going in for a kill. There's nothing else that they see. The periphery is out. Um, it's it's his pupils just dilate. Yeah, I swear to God, <laughs> you're like oh, attack mode, and it's all over. But yeah, Chiesa is is integral to Juve's attack at this point. Um, we haven't seen much out of Lovic. He's been kind of spotty this season between injuries and otherwise. That's um, the problem. They haven't been scoring goals. Even right. the well, games that they've been winning, they've been winning. Especially given margins. the players that they have on the attack, who on paper are really, really good, that just don't, have not been finishing in the final third. But do they have a do they have a pure striker? It feels like that's that's that's. It the should thing. be. No, but you know what? Like, he hasn't been fit. Quite no. frankly, I think that they've always functioned better with a strike pairing, and that's what we've seen season over season. But to Nico's point. We have seen at least three different iterations of Juve where players have been playing different positions season over season as they've transitioned, even going back as far as Pirlo. 
What about Inter then, on the other hand, because they are a team that can score goals. They've scored yeah. bucket loads of them. They're not just relying on Lautaro and Turam as well. Mkhitaryan's been scoring. Barella's been on sensational form in the midfield. Just such a workhorse. This team feels like it can get you from every angle. Yeah, oh, they absolutely especially can. Dumfries. I mean, we haven't talked about Dumfries enough. Just so electric in the attack when he gets up there. Uh, Chalanoglu, I believe, is uh, fifth in the five in the top uh, five major leagues as far as chances created. I mean, this is an exciting team. They're lethal in the counterattack. It's one of the things that I just love watching this team because they're so stout on defense. But they are one of the teams, one of the best teams in Europe that can switch immediately to attack, and they are just incredibly good. I just don't, I really don't see. And you mentioned the Marco obviously before. I don't really see where Juventus can can handle the offensive prowess that uh, Inter Milan have. And to be honest with you, neither one of these teams want possession. They're like, no, you do it, and then when you let go of it, we'll run. And they're like, no, you do it, and then when you let go of it, we'll run. And I think if that's the case, mm-hmm. Inter's just more lethal at that. What about Inter have more of, of an the... appetite for attack, though, than Juve do, at least mm-hmm. under the guidance of Allegri. What, Especially what, what about in terms of the mm-hmm. title race? Because this is a top-two clash-up for, for Juventus. They've only got the Scudetto to focus on this season. They're not playing European football. Is it going to be defining in terms of that, in terms of getting a bit of cushion at the top of the table, or is this more to make a big statement against against the rivals? Yeah, I think it's more of a statement. When Inter is deep enough to fight on two fronts, on three fronts, if they want to, um, they're a, a team that's built to be a Champions League candidate. And here, yeah, you can't slip up. It's a very long season. I don't see this being as the Serie A's of old where Juve wins out from December. You know, it's, it's become highly competitive in the last three, four seasons where there's four or five teams that have a real shot at winning the Scudetto. So you can slip up in this game, but it won't be. I, I don't think it'll be season defining. Ah, you never know, but it's, it feels like more of a statement because the season's so long, mm-hmm. there will be moments where they'll trip up on, on the way to the title. Make no okay. mistake, it's a Predictions then? Yeah, mm. right, exactly. It is at the top of the table. Uh, you've got Juventus winning, you said earlier. Yeah. Is and, your, and is your frankly, brain saying Juventus too or just your heart? No, I, I mean both. But I think that it's quite, it's reasonable to think that Juve can pull this off and it will be highly defensive. So, you know what, it may be a very boring match for the passerby or the pedestrian mm-hmm. Serie A uh, viewer, but I, I think that tactically they have the capacity to negate an inter-attack. With that being said, I think this win will mean more to Juve because they have a lot more to prove at this point. Um, I think it was Corriere dello Sport the other day that like ran an AI that said like right now uh, Inter have an 84% chance of, of winning the Scudetto oh, this season. Oh, Definitely oh wow. So um, I am looking for them to hunt and sort of get their feet back under them and I think it will be more of both morale and also they just need it to move forward to Look prove that Corriere. they are back in the Scudetto running. Corriere. Has anyone else got you in Winning, Alexis. No, I've got, I got, in, got I got Inter either winning two one or drawing. I don't think I don't think Juventus wins this one, even though they're home. Put a bet on it. Okay. What do you want? Later in no, the no, show. No, for <laughs> for the betting segment. Oh no no no! I'm not that dumb. No. no. Yeah, I <laughs> no. think it, I think it's gonna be a draw too. Okay. You think it's gonna Juve, be a draw? Juve, uh-huh. Juve win. Um, Slices. I get, yeah. Let's let's. We'll do, do Lindustry. Okay. <laughs> This is why it's so you difficult. You ain't got to win, though. You ain't got to win. I predictions said draw. Predictions in Serie A. Win. Yeah. You're yeah. giving him draw or Inter win mm-hmm. for Lindustry? Wow. How much Can you I get in, in on this bet? Okay. We'll see sure. later on in the show because we've got lots of bets to come. I'm also going to give Susanna Collins bet. Let's see Ooh. if she's got any Italian teams. Maybe I'll add one in there for her. <laughs> Who knows? Stay with us.
stand in the new documentary As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Rap lyrics are playing an increasingly prominent role in criminal cases. Every song, every lyric, every video that you've ever been involved with, they're going to use against you. Follow rap artist Kemba as he explores the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system. This artistic expression is a confession. I'm ready. Roll the tape. Watch the eye-opening new documentary As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.